Nathan Foster here, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. My guest today is Professor Paul Patton, who teaches in the Communications Department at Spring Arbor University. Paul is a former pastor, an actor, and a brilliant playwright. He's also the author of the book Politically Incorrect, a Christian Introduction to Media Criticism by Bravos Press. In our interview today, Paul begins to work with um, some of the things he's putting together for an upcoming book. And essentially, Paul's been working with hundreds of students throughout the years, uh, teaching media, pop culture, and some of the technological changes and how they affect us in our lives. And through the years, he's been working with students and having them do different spiritual practices um, that help them begin to see how much of an influence and how some of their habits and patterns are related to media and technology can be very detrimental to the spiritual life. Paul's just full of wisdom on this one, and uh, hope you enjoy. Um, Paul, you're working on a book with a colleague. Yes, Robert Woods. The title... Your dance with pop culture? Yes, yes. Who's, who's lead- leading whom? Who's yes, leading yes, whom? Yes, yes. And, and, and basically, Nathan, it's it, it's it's rooted in my um, uh, privilege and opportunity to uh, teach for ten years of an intro to pop culture class to my students here at Spring Arbor, mm-hmm. and and found that uh, certainly they're going to be introduced to history of popular culture, um, uh, different uh, communication technologies uh, and pop culture forms, and and how to do analytical, wise analysis of artifacts, all that kind of stuff, which is pretty standard for any kind of intro to pop culture class. Mm -hmm. But what I found is taking my students through a series of uh, self-reflective exercises so that they would understand uh, in their relationship with pop culture, um, especially as it relates to their bored moments or any um, emotional uh, agitation, that what dominates or what becomes their default mode when they have nothing to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that they are uh, saturated by the easy accessibility to and the wonderful abundance of pop culture artifacts. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. If, if in doubt, uh, I, have n- uh, I have nothing else to do um, or is there something that I want to put off or I'm bored or I'm angry or I'm agitated, uh, overwhelmingly, uh, my students through the years, and this is hundreds of students, have basically through a variety of exercises have concluded that they are the ones being led around in the dance with pop culture. Mm-hmm. That they're not having the kind of intentionality, uh, not sensing any sense of of, shall we say, redemptive urgency in leading the dance with pop culture, taking any initiative, doing any kind of uh, 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 appointments with uh, pop culture instead of Victim merely of extemporaneous. Yeah, yeah. Just, exactly, exactly, exactly. Readily accessible, and then I'm I just sucked in and here Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, and in fact, why did I just watch that 13th episode? Why am I on another binge watching? Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, that's a new phenomenon, binge I've noticed television. that word. And, 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 you know, I ask my students, when is the word binge related to health in any category of life? (laughs) But what's happened is because television programming, which in my view has never been better, 
um, uh-huh. is so immediately accessible. Uh, it's uh, it's never farther away than uh, an arm's length, basically, mm-hmm. because you can mm-hmm. you you can stream about anything from your smartphone, from your laptop, and that's what's mm-hmm. happening. Is uh, and and some other researchers have said, look at. Uh, what we have is a generation for the first time in world history that don't have the opportunity to sort through their their moments of boredom because there's mm-hmm. always something mm-hmm. in quotes to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's at an arm's length. So what are the disciplines? What are the uh, uh, what are what's the health associated with somebody concluded? I'm not sure what to do. Let me sort through and use my own imagination mm-hmm. and come to something that's creative. Um, and self-refining and even self-enhancing. You know, I, I read an article, and I think it was in the New York Times, shortly after the iPad came out, yeah. where a gentleman returned it mm-hmm. after a week, and and they said, well, wh- what's the problem, sir? And he said, I miss boredom. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I miss exactly. those spaces. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, who was it? Saul Bellow said of boredom, it's the, the screech of unused capacities. Uh, now, we can <laughs> learn through it. But um, uh, and in fact, the was, yeah, 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 of unused, of unused capacity. Like but also here it is: David Foster Wallace, who said, "To be in a word unborable is the key to everything. If one is immune to boredom, then literally anything is possible." But he would certainly indicate, and I think when was it that he passed? It's been maybe fifteen years. Uh, I, I, I can't, maybe not that that long. But thinking about. Um, this, this call of, uh, of David Foster Wallace, this description, what does it mean for us, whatever our age, to be able to transcend boredom? Mm-hmm. Because the curriculum of our existence is, 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 is jammed full of meaning and energy to be able to help us. So. Right, right. Well, then you, you help students become intentional with how they live. Sure. Try to. Try to. Um, and um, in the class, they go through a, so- a series of exercises, of, okay. of self-reflection exercises, self-awareness exercises. And literally, I have students after these exercises say, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that, it, it, that there was even any, any kind of, uh, and I want to use this word carefully, addiction. Because mm-hmm. te- generally, when we hear that word, we're thinking the heroin addict, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the, the broken needle in his vi- purple vein. Oh, that's not me. But when you look at, uh, uh, for instance, the uh, Canadian Mental Health Association definition of addiction, it's much more generalized. It says, look, at it, it's, it's, you're, you're, having, uh, you're losing control uh, you're, you're having a, compul- a compulsive reaction. You're continuing to do a particular behavior even after you've discovered that it's costing you mm-hmm. and it's costing mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. It's costing, mm-hmm. in a sense, the redemption of time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so they do these exercises, and, and, and probably of the hundreds of students I've had in the last 10 years, I've had four or five or six who said, no, 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 there's no kind of impulsive uh, 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 response to uh, my uh, emotional agitation dominated by mass media. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm able to transcend this. And I think three or four of those people were probably a little bit delusional. Uh, <laughs> but um, most of the students, when going through the exercises, recognize that, look at I need to be more intentional. And how, how can I get some help about mm-hmm. becoming more intentional in light of who I'm called to be in Christ, in light of uh, an existence supposed 
to be drenched in meaning. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So what does it mean? Uh, and so then we, we do some of these exercises. By the way, uh, we also, in, in, my, in the class and in the book, we're, we're pushing that um, uh, one of the things that a- aids us in contextualizing, contextualizing the importance of sacred intentionality is building a, a sense of sacred interiority. Mm-hmm. Most of my students, mm-hmm. even though they were raised in the church, e- even though uh, many of them have, in quotes, uh, gone to sc- Sunday school all of their lives, um, if I were to ask them, okay, on a blank sheet of paper, knowing that the, uh, the Apostle Paul has, has called us to let the words of Christ richly indwell them, okay, in a blank sheet of paper, how long are you writing out the words of Christ that you know? Mm-hmm. And generally, it's, and I tell them, John 3.16 does not count. Because even the man <laughs> at the football game with a weird wig, you know, wiggling back and forth, knows John 3.16, which is fantastic. But um, uh, how are you building your sacred identity with things that you have identified that are worth remembering? Not just texts of scripture, mm-hmm. but quotes from, uh, from authors, quotes from lecturers, uh, overheard conversations, uh, 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 dialogue in films that have rocked your world. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. worth remembering? So I'm, the first thing is we're challenging them to, to, to build their sacred interiority. And um, by the way, the first step in that is helping them identify what are the central confessions of their belief system. Mm-hmm. And, and, in, mm-hmm. in, in a, even, even in a daily way during devotionals, they're, they're, they're reasserting those, ideally from memory, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and so that, that central confessional statement, whether it's the Apostles' Creed, challenging students to memorize the Apostles' mm-hmm. Creed, they can mm-hmm. do it a phrase at a time, a phrase a week, and allowing that Apostles' Creed uh, to be, uh, shall we say, of sorts a dock from which mm-hmm. other ideas mm-hmm. can float. Mm-hmm. Foundational, a foundational yes. dock from which other ideas, and then we get them, challenge them to do these exercises so that they're they're, they're in a biblically informed way, uh, uh, more self-aware. Now, these exercises are—I mean, these are really creative spiritual disciplines. That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> thanks be to God. G- give me an example of of a few of these exercises that you lead students through. For. Um, uh, one of them is, uh, um, uh, and, and some of them aren't uh, that I'm, I'm mentioning aren't uh, specifically related to uh, their their dance with pop culture, but they are getting them in the habit of of, 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 of self awareness that's 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 contributing to wisdom. For instance, mm-hmm. I say for one week, I ask them allow someone to tell you something you already knew. Resist saying, I say to my students, and I write this, resist saying, I knew that. In other words, live with the realization that someone might think you don't know as much as you actually do. <laughs> and, and, and for a lot of us um, who are uh, proud, even in the, uh, the fact that we're not proud, as Phillips Brooks used to say, um, we're a little proud <laughs> of our uh, academic achievement and so we'll go to a party with other academics, and it's very, very difficult to coexist with the notion that someone might think that we don't know as much as mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in the spirit, I say to my students of uh, the Apostle Paul's uh, 
uh, admonition uh, to the Philippians, let the Spirit of Christ, uh, 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 you know, rule in your hearts. Take this attitude of Christ which uh, in you, who although he knew, he although he was uh, uh, God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to be able to uh, to coexist? Uh, with the fact that someone might think that you don't know as much as you do, which is what something yes. Christ had to coexist with all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they didn't understand or know the depth of his power, of his intellect, of his abilities, mm-hmm. of who he was, uh, uh, in light of, as, as uh, the apostles have said, his preexistence. Um, another one. Uh, Wait, for, let me ahead. just pause, because sure. what I love about that, Practice and it's an inter- I like your statement of self-reflective exercises, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. and oftentimes disciplines are really can be that that before God we reflect on uh, what's yeah. internal, what's going on, our motives, our exactly. thoughts, exactly. our exactly. behaviors. Uh, Nathan, uh, we hear the Athenian masters, we hear of Plato and Socrates saying the unexamined life is not worth living. All of these uh, prompters to examine. Uh, uh, who we are, why we are, where we are. But what's exciting for us to know is that these are admonitions. The admonitions of Plato and Socrates are predated by the writer of Proverbs by half a millennium. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Who says, uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 14, verse 8 says, the wisdom of the prudent give thought to their ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did I do today? What made me irritated? What were my patterns? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was my default mode when I was bored or any other kind of emotional agitation? These are always prompters mm-hmm. to be thinking about who we are, who we're becoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Another example of this, predating uh, Plato and Socrates, the psalmist says in chapter 4, verse 4, um, be angry and yet do not sin. And then he says, uh, and, and, and when you lie on your bed, mm-hmm. And, 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 and the thought is, when you lie on your bed at the end of the day, thinking about maybe what made you angry, mm-hmm. what did you do with that mm-hmm. emotional agitation? Mm-hmm. When you lie on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. That, that becomes, <laughs> even thinking through as a, uh, 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 a daily inventory at night, mm-hmm. what agitated me and what did I do? These are invitations to self Reflection, self-awareness, mm-hmm. informed by uh, a wisdom that's calling us moment to moment mm-hmm. to itself, to herself. If you, if if we can be reminded that wisdom is personified in the proverbs as a mm-hmm. woman, isn't that cool? It is cool. Yeah, and then and then predating uh, Plato and Socrates is Haggai, just a few centuries before them. Who Haggai said in chapter one, verses five through seven: Give careful thought to your ways. Uh, it's not like this is an option. That we in Christ are to be making sure that we are in the regular habit of who am I, who am I becoming yes, in light of yes. the biblical call of wisdom in Christ likeness. Mm. So, well, what what I like about that particular exercise you you work with is that in not saying that I know things or letting you know, you know, uh, letting you think I don't. Know as much as I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it brings up then these motives and these, why am, why am I trying to impress or exactly. identity and work? Exactly. And those become just wonderfully prayerful, reflective times to, you know, work with. And, and at least for me, you know, sometimes in doing practices similar to that, uh, I don't like what comes out. The toothpaste tube is squeezed. <laughs> exactly. And, it, it, exactly. and other times I find great humor in, uh, 
look at you, Nate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. you're so exactly. silly. Look exactly. at, why exactly. is this important? Oh. Um, but, okay, other ones. Uh, let me, let me just yeah. find some that are more directly related to the dance, specifically with pop culture. Here's one. Um, uh, and these are all exercises that students or any of your listeners can do for one week. And I'd be glad to get them, uh, these, uh, these 15 exercises. But uh-huh. for one week, intentionally allow yourself to not follow the crowd in seeing the latest movie, YouTube's video sensation, or latest episode of everyone's favorite television show. In other words, something that's prefaced uh, from a social media friend that says, you got to see this, mm-hmm. you won't mm-hmm. believe this. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and what it is, it's exercising uh, uh, a, a transcendent strength to be able to live with the fear of missing out or FOMO. And that's a FOMO. very FOMO. It's it goes around. That's the acronym, uh, and and that's what motivates a lot of listenership, viewership, uh, friends that we love and care for, but they say you got to see this duck walking across the road <laughs> carrying its own luggage, a duck that now knows Spanish. You got you won't believe it. FOMO is an acronym for a fear of missing out. And this is this is a this, common term. This is a com- fairly common term, and and a lot of my students will immediately get what that is yeah. and how yeah. it and how it really affects how they spend their time, what they do when they're in quote surfing the internet or surfing YouTube for the latest yeah. sensation. What happens when students do that? Take a week and, and <clears throat> yeah, take a week and, and 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 what they find is first off at first it's very difficult. Mm. Most of these discipl- these invitations to, to 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 this particular area of their dance with pop culture uh, at first it's very very difficult. But the more the more they do it, the more the more they realize how they can do it. Mm-hmm. So that by the mm-hmm. end of the week, mm-hmm. you even have some students who will say, I want to extend this yes. so that yes. I can come to a greater appreciation of uh, the fact that we're wired to want to be inquisitive. Yeah. We're wired to be curious. We're wired to want to be uh, in the know mm-hmm. and, 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 and even be uh, deepening our, our social interactions because we share the same stories, the mm-hmm. same videos, the same images. Uh, but uh, that can, just like anything else, become our master instead of our servant. Yes, yes. We're, we're, we're serving that impulse to be... Uh, I have uh, we have a similar student that came into my class and shared an experiment she was working on from your class about letting go of mirrors. Yes, yes. can you can you share this sure, exactly, experience? Exactly. Um, uh, first off, I tell them because part of the class is uh, they're learning about how communication technologies the, the the kind of the chronological flow. They're learning, you know, the, 50, the middle of the 15th century was Gutenberg's press. They're learning that tele- telegraph was a 19th century phenomenon, and and the price tags as well as the benefits of all of these mm-hmm. communication technologies. And so I, I remind them that, you know, James tells us that those that hear the word of God and then uh, forget to, to do it or whatever, uh, disregarding what, what it says, uh, um, are, are like those who look at their natural face in a mirror mm-hmm. and then forget what they look like as soon as they walk away. So we know that, you know, mirrors are a phenomenon, you know, for uh, many millennium. But... 
probably the omnipresence of mirrors, or at least the increasing seeming omnipresence of mirrors, uh, that gives the opportunity to confirm uh, identity mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is, 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 is one of, the, in my view, a, a significant but unthought through reality mm-hmm. of, of our journey. Mm-hmm. So I just ask them, uh, at first I was asking them, com- try to avoid completely Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A mirror, and some of these students uh, would would go to all extremes, <laughs> and and uh, they went through all kinds of uh, psychic journeys. Uh, some sometimes insecurity, just desperately needing the affirmation of a mirror, mm-hmm. um, and were were afraid that maybe they had something weird in their uh, the lapel or, or you know booger in their <laughs> nostril. They were you know please you got they had they were they were forced to depend upon friends to let them know that, that okay everything. Fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no crumbs uh, on your shirt. Uh, but um, what I also found is that both men and women equally have a difficult mm-hmm. time with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what I also am doing now is and having them extend it uh, even beyond a week is to have them try to consciously. Uh, uh, look uh, two or three times less in a mirror, not mm. completely mm-hmm. avoiding mm-hmm. them, sure. but, uh, but consciously be avoiding them or not looking two or three times. And by the way, in all of these exercises, what I encourage is the daily um, uh, exercise of, of, of writing in a journal. Mm-hmm. And my, when I encourage people to start journals, my students, I say, look, put a put an egg timer on it. It's no longer than seven minutes at first. For no the journal, than right. five For the journal, okay. Because what scares them is, gosh, it just seems like a, a, a daunting task. Yeah. Yeah. So I say, what's going to help you is put it on an egg timer. You're going to not write no more. You're going to write no more than five minutes, and that liberates them. Uh, huh. At least beginners uh-huh. just start small, but. But they're having a daily opportunity to write about what was the experience of consciously reflecting, seeing my reflection uh, two or three times less. And what what they also find when this becomes part of their consciousness, uh, they see mirrors more than they ever have before. They see mm-hmm. them in, 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 in windows. They see their reflection, and they find that they'll talk to a friend or something, and there's a mirror behind that friend, mm-hmm. and they find that they can't stop looking at themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like you know when we look at a, uh, a, at a photograph that might include us, we're looking for us first. <laughs> right, right. We're looking for us first. These are habits you know, we've developed that just function unconsciously for Exactly, exactly. Yeah. One of the other exercises I, I have them do related to pop culture and related to social media um, is uh, uh, trying to avoid or be conscious of when they were posing for a picture <laughs> uh, uh, and, and helping them realize the chronology of, of, of this whole notion of posing, uh, Nathan. Think about before the invention of the camera, uh-huh. which, you know, a 19th century invention, the only people that consciously posed were kings and queens. Hmm. Hyper aristocrats, and maybe two or three times in their life, hmm. and they had to mm-hmm. sit still. There, this phenomenon of posing, knowing that somebody's going to gaze at this two-dimensional representation of of this three-dimensional reality called hmm. the image of God. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, it's also a reminder that uh, uh, there are different uh, Mennonite traditions that still don't like to have their pictures right, taken. Right, right. You know, just kind of to. Uh, as we come towards the end here, yeah. uh, uh, this 
the student who did the mirror exercise, yeah. um, she went all out and did Great. did no mirrors, and <laughs> it completely transformed her life oh, doing this for cool. a week. Wonderful. She came in. Thanks for the good news. <laughs> she came in and just. We, we took some time in class because we were working on spiritual practices, yes, and so, yes. and it was beautiful to see all the stuff it brought up in terms of how much she valued, you know, her her beauty and oh. wanting to base her, you know, people won't like me if I don't look a certain way, and it was it was beautiful. So, uh, good work is happening. Oh, great, 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 <laughs> great, 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 great. Um, and in fact, you know, the, the, a lot of the root of the, our sexist culture, Nathan, it appears, is that we condition women to think that your value is based upon yep. the extent at which you can garnish sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're sexual beings, but uh, to be reductionistic to that point is inhumane and, un- and should be unconscionable. Inhumane. I love that word because I think that fits. That's, that's really rich. Um, Tell me, you guys are still working on the book? Or yeah, we are. We are. We are. Yes, yes. Or, and hoping uh, my friend Robert Woods, who's a Scholar of the Year for National Communication Association 2014, is wonderfully prolific and encourages me um, and is a blessing to me and my, and my brother. But uh, his timetables are probably wiser than mine. So we're <laughs> looking at something maybe to be completed with a, a manuscript, maybe in the spring. Who knows? Okay. But okay. we're hoping. We're hoping. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this, Paul. Oh, and and we, we, we definitely need to do this again. I so love it. I love it. Thank you, brother. Yep. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye.